check. One, two, three. Hello, 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 hello. Ooh, we peaked. We're peaking already. I thought I peaked in high school, but the audio just peaked right there too. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode, ooh, 99, I think, of the Brent Pella Show, soon to be the Vibecast with Brent Pella. Today's episode, we're going to go over all the reasons why Joe Rogan is a danger to society. Uh, This is a very real podcast. I'm going to be getting into all the reasons why. And we're going to get there, okay? We're going to work through it together so that we can banish Joe Rogan from planet Earth forever. Um, And deservedly so, because, you know, he murdered all of your grandmothers, even if they're still alive, um, and therefore does not deserve a place on planet Earth anymore. Um, And then a bunch of other fun stuff we're going to go over too. What a wild week it's been. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by sponsors. Don't skip. Do not skip. Don't you dare skip the ads. Don't skip the ads. Vibe through the ads, baby. Vibe through the ads. Uh, Athletic Greens, AG1 by Athletic Greens. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Brent Pella. This is my morning routine now. I uh, Ooh, it's tight. I locked it in too hard. There it goes. It's, it's one scoop of this green dust right there. And, you know, the taste is actually really good. It tastes like it's got that, like, kind of sweet, earthy taste that, you know, uh, mushrooms or uh, beets would have specifically like beets or carrots kind of, um, but also some weird like chocolatiness in there. Very delicious. I put one scoop in a bottle of water or a tall glass of water. As soon as I wake up, chug it. I feel great all day. I don't even need coffee. Um, but if I do need coffee, I'm probably drinking Black Rifle because they just sent me a bunch and hey, those guys are pretty cool. Okay. Been getting to know them a lot more lately uh, and all the bullshit that they went through with people being mad at them for all different things from all different sides. Dude, I had long conversations with a lot of different people on their team and that know them. They seem like great dudes. Hold your own opinion. I don't really give a fuck. They're cool guys that make good coffee. Athletic Greens is a different product. <laughs> so, uh, athleticgreens.com slash Brent Pella um, for my new favorite morning routine. And they'll give you a full year supply of vitamin D, which is pretty cool. Uh, especially if you're trying to keep the Rona away. Vitamin D a day keeps the Fauci away. Uh, Masszymes, as you guys know, are my favorite digestive supplement. I'm going to have some of these bad boys tonight before I eat my weekly bowl of pasta, my weekly bathtub full of pasta. Masszymes.com slash Brent. These are digestive enzymes that help you guys, uh, can help your body break down fats, proteins, starches in your food so that you can absorb more of the nutrients that are readily available in your food. Okay. All right, here we go. You know, what's funny is as soon as you start like saying you like a certain brand these days, people automatically think of you a certain way. Like if I had said, I really like Starbucks, people might think I'm some like far left commie fuck. Um, but because I know the guys at black rifle and, and I really enjoy, uh, what they do to help vets and their coffee. Um, a lot of people will think I'm some weird leechy right wing grifter, which is very strange. It's very strange. You know, this sweater, this is a black rifle coffee sweater, um, that they sent me, which is a, just a fucking cool design and also a very comfortable sweater. And I wore it this past weekend in Timonium, Maryland, where I had some of the most fun I have ever had on stage. We'll get to that in a minute. I wore this sweater out there and the guy, the host for the weekend, uh, his name's Jeff, super cool guy from, um, from, I think he lives in Timonium. He was telling me he lives in Timonium. Um, he, uh, is a veteran. He's a veteran. And I thought he was a veteran when I first saw him because Jeff has no legs. He walks on prosthetic legs. And for somebody to have 
gone, A, just even signed up for war, um, but then B, suffered a, a, a lifelong injury because of that, um, I don't have, I don't know if I could have more respect for somebody than I do for folks like Jeff. Um, and he saw this sweater, he saw me wearing it and he was like, Hey, is that a black rifle coffee sweater? And you know, immediately I, this, it was my first time wearing the sweater cause I just got it and I didn't know what the reaction was going to be. And I didn't know if he was going to like come down on me or like give me props for it. And I also knew that he's a veteran and I, I, I know what they, the work that they do for veterans, but I also know that there's some crazy trippy narratives online that say those guys over at black rifle are things that they are just not from my point of view, because I've gotten to know them. And so Jeff says, Hey, is that a black rifle coffee sweater? And I was like, yeah, 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 it is. It's a pretty cool design too. And he goes, yeah, yeah. Those guys are awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was a vet. So I love what they do or I am a vet. So I love what they do. And I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah, dude. That's, that's great. So like what they do has like a tangible impact. And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah. I, I know a lot of guys that know them and uh, that I toured with or, um, uh, served with, or, uh, you know, I, he just, he knows folks in that world. And, and it, it was nice to see, um, the positive effects that the company has on the people that they are intending to have a positive effect on. You know what I mean? That's all. Um, Timonium though. Holy hell. What a fun time. Never thought I would be saying the words. I had a great time in Timonium, Maryland. And yet here I am. Here I am, dude. I there. So I did so much crowd. I did more crowd work on these shows than I typically do. Um, just to kind of test myself, but also because I just, it just felt it. you know, sometimes I get into a flow and, and if people are vibing, then I'm going to vibe too. And it was just kind of like some freestyle moments. And one of the moments I don't think will ever happen again. And I'm going to say what it was now. And it's not, I'm not, it's not going to sound as funny as it did in person, but hopefully you guys can get like the gist of, of what happened and it'll, it'll sound entertaining and you could tell how much fun this was. So it was the last, it was the last show of the, of the weekend. It was, it was the late night show on Saturday. So the room was maybe half full, three quarters full, uh, maybe a hundred, 150 people in there. I don't know, something like that. And, um, I guess, uh, pre preface to preface to this, I, I started doing comedy in a lot of black rooms and they're called black rooms. They're rooms where a lot of black people go and watch shows and a lot of black performers are performing. It's just, a, it's just what it's called. It's just called a black room. It's not a racist thing. It's just what it's known as in the comedy world. Okay. Um, and those rooms are very specific for the style of comedy and the uh, type of confidence that you need to do well on stage. You could be funny as shit, but if you're not funny in a black room, you, they will tell you you're not funny, you know? But on the flip side of that, if you're crushing in a black room, it's better than crushing anywhere else ever, okay? And I've experienced both sides of that. Uh, there's a black room in Sacramento. Oh, it's a, they serve the best um, chicken wings I've ever had in my life, which I know might be stereotypical, but holy fuck, it's just the truth. It was delicious, and I forget what it's called. Um Damn, Lance Woods brought me there. He's a hilarious comedian out of Sacramento. Everybody go follow Lance Woods. Anyways, uh, so I have, I, I had experience doing that. Um, and uh, so I, I did these shows and it's late night and the audience is very mixed. It's a mixed demo of people, um, which I always love to see because then I get to really, you know, bring people together and, and see, you know, if everybody's down to vibe on the same wavelength for an hour at my shows. And this is a late night show on Saturday, right? And I see in the crowd, there's a table of like seven people and it's all black, black folks. There's like three 
middle-aged men on the left. There's two like, you know, 30 something dudes on the right. And then two or three women right behind them. And right next to that table are seven white people in the exact same like lineup, dude. There were like three middle-aged men on the left side, two 30 something dudes on the right. And then like three or so women that were a little older right behind them. And it was the exact same. And I saw that and I was like, yo, why are you guys like the same table? Why are you the same people? You're like the same exact people, but different. You know, there's like, what kind of fucked up weird twilight zone thing is it? Did you guys do that on purpose or did they do that on purpose to fuck with you? Is only one of you walking out of this room tonight or are you all, do you all unite at the end of the night to become one like mixed race table of people. It was really funny. And, and everybody's laugh. Everybody's on board at this point, like right away, we're all on board. And, and then I was looking at the two, like 30 something dudes in the front, you know, the black dude, the white dude, and each of them was wearing like plaid and like smiling really big. And I was like, look at you two guys, you two, both of you bros, you're like the same dude. And I pointed at the white guy and I was like, you probably have some t- type of like, like boring white dude name, like John. And that was funny. And then I looked at the black dude that was like his opposite. And I was like, that makes, that makes you Dijon. <laughs> oh, dude, it was so funny. Oh man. And the way, dude, they die everybody in the room. There wasn't a, there wasn't a straight face in the room at that point. It was one of the most fun moments I've ever had on stage. And even the um, the folks at the at the black table, one of the women who was like crying, laughing. She looked at me and she goes, "You're close. You're getting close. You're getting close to the line." And I was like, "I know. I know. I can see it. I can see the line." <laughs> but it was so funny, dude. And I and and you know, I I say that because of all the crazy bullshit that's going on right now, uh, with Rogan like saying the N word in context, uh, talking about the word as its own, and um. And everybody up in arms about that. That was already mad at him for talking to people who have different opinions on COVID than they do. And, you know, it that moment and that show uh, just kind of gave me like a little bit of faith in people. Um, faith, which I am very quickly losing as all this Rogan and Spotify and censorship stuff continues to happen. But I'll get into that in a minute. Um, it was just so fun. I just want to share that with you guys because I don't know if that will ever happen again. I think that was like a one-time thing. That was like a one-time gift that the universe gave me was these two tables right next to each other. And it was just so unbelievably funny and joyful. It was such a fun, joyful experience. I was dying laughing on stage. I couldn't even perform for like two minutes. I had to laugh and that made everybody else laugh. And then their laughing made me laugh. And then the dudes were laughing and the woman was, and it was just hilarious. It was just so fun. Um, so anyways, come see a show. I got shows coming up. What's today? Today is, uh, this co- this is coming out February 7th. Um, the next shows I have are in late February, the 24th in Brea, California at the Brea Improv on February 24th. And then the 25th through 27th in Green Greenville, Greensville, South Carolina, uh, comedy zone out there. And March Greensboro in North Carolina might get moved because your boy might've booked something cool. So TBD on that. Um, and then a big tour coming this summer that I'm, I'm getting ready for, hopefully with a bunch of dates and a bunch of cool places like Dallas, Florida, New York, Chicago, Vegas, Seattle, Portland, uh, Phoenix, maybe, even though I was just there for a huge show this past summer. Um, so we'll see. Brentpella.com slash shows for all those things. So go check them out. 
but yeah, Timonium, dude. Tim- never thought I would have so much fun in Timonium. And I was looking up the area because um, it's near Baltimore. And I didn't realize that their football team would have been the Baltimore Ravens. Um, but I thought I thought it would have been the, uh, the the Washington football team, which I thought which I saw, dude. The Washington football team. Okay, they they were the Washington Redskins, and then they changed their name. Did you see what they changed it to? They went from the Washington Redskins to the Washington Commanders. Dude, the Redskins to the Commanders, dude. From the people. That got brutally murdered and their land taken to the people who did the murdering and land taking, dude. I can't even write a joke that good. What? How, how, this country is so fucking dumb sometimes, dude. It is absurd. It's crazy. We're going to get super angry and uptight about a podcaster and also angry and uptight about culturally appropriating a name for a football team, which I agree with, by the way. I'm fine with changing the name. I'm fine with changing the name from the Redskins, the Chiefs, the Braves. Yeah, times change, okay? And that's fine. And those were actually the people that were demanding and asking for a change. It wasn't just 20-something white girls named Brittany running around with double lattes with oat milk in them demanding change, okay? Although they were doing it too, and they're the loudest ones. But it was people of that descent that were actually wanting the change. So yes, absolutely, let's make the change. Why is the change... Going from the people who uh, had their land taken away and don't want to be used in a culturally appropriate way to the people who took the land. A commander, dude? The guy who gave the directions to do the shit? Dude, America is so dumb sometimes. That's the pandemic. The pandemic is dumb. It's a, it's a pandemic of dumb, dude. That's like... That's like um. That would be like, what's a good, what's a good, uh, let's see. That would be like in, uh, New York, the, what are the teams in New York? The Nets, the Knicks, the Mets, um, that would be like, or even the Lakers, dude, that would be like the Los Angeles Lakers changing their name to the LAP, LAPD, <laughs> the LA LAPD. Instead of the LA Lakers. Let's be the LA LAPD. You know? I know Lakers isn't isn't a racist term. So maybe I'm maybe that's not the best. Or like the New York Knicks. And people th- saying, oh, no, we can't be the Knicks. Because Nick is based on a slang term for, you know, African people in the 20s. And so we can't do that. I'm just making something up right now. So let's change it from the New York Knicks to the New York NYPDs. Let's do that. Huh? And we'll have those. We'll have those freaking those bats as a as a as our emblem. Just two of those those bat. What are those bats called? That, those beating bats. What are those bats called? Police beating bats. What are those batons? What is it called? A baton? A riot baton? Police baton? What is it called? A police expendable baton? Yeah, a police baton. That would be like the New York Knicks changing it to the New York. Uh, NYPDs and a pol- and two police batons as the logo. It's absurd, dude. This country is so f- so dumb. It's so dumb sometimes. How are we so dumb? We're supposed to be smart. Why are we so dumb? It's so dumb. And and then I saw Stephen Colbert. God, 
R.I.P. Stephen Colbert as a respectable comedian, man. Wow. What an unbelievable change. When he did the Colbert Report, he was loved by everybody, left and right. He was playing such a heightened mockery of a character of a far-right news anchor. Um, and it was beloved. It was so funny and clever and smart with the way... You know, and it kind of, kind of, I get, I don't even remember if it was fully right. Was it fully right? I got to go back and watch some episodes because I remember it just being like a media, uh, like a typical news anchor that was just like always trying to control, manipulate, and make people scared and, and be like um, high on his pedestal, high on his high horse, and all that stuff. Maybe he was right, the character, I mean. But now, after doing the Vax scene, that weird creepy ass propaganda shit. I don't know how he was okay with that, dude. How are you okay with that? It's so weird and gross. And then he did this Spotify parody ad um which was just like a um it was like a a, a like a PowerPoint presentation like a third grader could have thrown it together in 20 minutes. And it was clearly mocking Spotify for what he thinks is like not censoring enough or like not stopping the spread of what he believes is misinformation and hating on Rogan and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, just be funny. Colbert be funny, dude. Be funny, bro. I know that this 30 second clip from my podcast means I'll probably never be on your show. Good. Good, dude. Until you're funny. I don't want to be, you know what I mean? Until you're doing comedy to do comedy and not to, uh, push a, a narrative or an ideology that's politically motivated. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Be a comedian, dude. Be funny. Don't don't be funny with the intent of bringing other people down and manipulating people's opinions about political issues. And don't be funny with the intention of trying to trying to censor people who disagree with you. Kimmel did that same shit when he said anybody who chooses not to get the vaccine can just die and not get treatment. When they catch COVID. Kimmel did that same gross shit, dude. The only one I like is Fallon. Fallon's the best. Fallon's the man. Fallon just wants to be silly. Fallon just wants to rough Trump's hair a little bit and be silly. And I think that's fine. And the Rogan stuff, my God. All right, let's get into it, dude. The Rogan stuff, I'm the last person that needs to defend the guy. I mean, he's fine. He's going to be fine. Um, obviously, all the N-word stuff. You see the N-word stuff? The... Uh, I don't need, I don't need to see the compilation video. I can, I know what it says. I, and I've watched one of the clips where he's talking for like a minute and a half. Uh, he did the planet of the apes story thing. Um, yeah, dude, I get it. Did you see his apology for it? Did you see how he talked about it immediately? And he addressed it with his words face to camera, you know, and he hasn't all the, all those clips in that montage were taken from multiple years ago. Um, you know, how, how long are we really going to hold somebody to consequence when, They've done something that does not reflect a long-term pattern of behavior. If he was still doing that shit up through today, yeah, maybe take a break. Take a step back. Take some time off air to reevaluate what you're doing. Uh, but he hasn't, you know? It's very different from D'Elia. Chris D'Elia, the Chris D'Elia example or the Louis example where their pattern of behavior had lasted for years up through and during the present moment, right? D'Elia was texting girls weird shit, sending dick pics, you know, cheating and doing all this gross shit. Uh, Louis jerking off in front of women without asking, taking his dick out. Can't really do that. Okay. It's not cool. And they were both doing that long-term for years past, but also up through the present moment. 
right? The Rogan stuff was uh, encapsulated within a specific window of time. So that's A. And B, um, it just isn't, it wasn't mean-spirited. It's not mean-spirited. And people who, people who are trying to get him taken down have all kinds of other reasons for it. Nobody actually thinks the guy's fucking racist. Nobody actually thinks that, dude. They just don't want him to talk to people who say that ivermectin helped them get over COVID. Hey, here's a fun fact. Fucking helped me. I had COVID in early January. I, 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 I had it. I had it. It wasn't even that bad. It was the first day I was lucky to not have it that bad because I know many people suffer greatly from it. And I fully empathize with those people. And that fucking sucks. And it's really bad for some people. For me, I was lucky enough to have symptoms that were like a 4 out of 10 in body aches and a 5 out of 10 in stuffiness and sinus pressure. Uh, and I called my buddy who's a doctor, my doctor friend. And he said, hey, come over. I'll give you a shot of uh, dexamethasone and some ivermectin. And I said, okay, cool. I'll try that rather than battling, you know, um, all of these uh, side effects of COVID for God knows how long they'll last. So I went over, got the shot, got the mectin. The next day, zero body aches, sinus pressure and headache enus down to like a three out of 10. The day after that, kept taking the mectin, completely done, gone out of my system, fully back to normal, dude. Not saying it'll work for everybody, not condoning you go out and get some mectin, not doctorly advice. Okay. Cause Hey, look at me. Not a doctor. Hey, listen, listen. Turn your volume up real quick. Turn it up. Turn it up just a little bit right now. Ready? Not a doctor. Okay, turn it back down to normal. All right? Uh, but that doesn't mean that it didn't work for me and it wouldn't work for other people if there was more research, more conversation. Why stop and censor and stifle conversation about alternative medicines that have shown to work for some people? Why do that? Hmm? Why not instead dedicate resources to figuring out who those alternative medicines will benefit the best and how can we get those people these medicines in an appropriate amount of time for as cost efficient of a cost as possible? I don't know. Not an economist. Not a politician. Not a bureaucrat. Not a lobbyist. Not a doctor. Not a scientist. I'm a comedian. I'm an idiot. I'm a dummy. Okay? but I'm a dummy who chose to do something with his body and benefited from it, right? And so those people are so wrapped up and conditioned. The people who are for censorship, deplatforming, canceling, let's do a hyperclip of all the bad things this person's ever said on a podcast five years ago, five years ago and previous and put it out. Those people will never come back from the place that they currently reside in mentally. It's too far. They're too far gone and it's too hard. It's too hard to extract them from that. The conditioning is real, right? I want to make a commercial actually for U.S. government hair conditioner uh, that conditions you while you condition. <laughs> that's, that's a new video that I thought of. I think it'll be pretty good. Um, but people like that, they just cannot change their mind. They're, they're, they're so far gone into that mainstream CNN, fuck you, I'm the only opinion that matters, you're racist, transphobic, sexist, anti-vaxxer. If you even consider 
alternative medicines to be viable mind state that they can't come back. And that's really scary. And it's really sad. Um, but it's more so scary, dude, because I, I, I just wonder sometimes if this whole, um, experiment in democracy that we have in America is just failing, is just uh, crumbling before our eyes. We're all, we're absolute people say a civil war is coming Dude, we're, we've been in it for the past couple of years. It's been slowly increasing. Um, especially with all the input of, uh, from Russia and China and all the, all the shit you see on Facebook with bots and pages and all the QAnon bullshit that happened. And like all these people that split from their family or their friend group because they differed on one opinion or another. And it's really sad, but, uh, America's crumbling and it will continue to crumble. I have no idea how to get out of it. Um, cause not a politician. Just a guy, just a guy, just a guy that's trying to vibe. Okay. Just a guy that's trying to laugh his way through it. But, uh, I do see America absolutely failing. Um, and places like Texas and Florida, maybe breaking off from the union and becoming their own entities, their own like States, like something like what Puerto Rico is to America with its own operations and government. Um, and then America, not really being America anymore and never being 50 United States again. I think that's where we're headed. I think that's where we're headed. Uh, it seems to be the only logical outcome for this because there are so many stupid fucking idiots on Twitter uh, who are desperate for people to hear their opinions and their anger um, and have no ability to take a look at what they're actually saying through a different lens. Um, and it's unfortunate. And I'm sure as fuck not on top of all that. I'm not the best one with all that because I have plenty of blind spots. I don't even know what my blind spots are. That's how blind they are. Um, but I'm sure if I talked to some people, I would understand my blind spots and maybe change my perspective on a few of my beliefs in one way or another. And I'm open to that. And I don't think enough people are open to that. I wish more people were, but I surround myself with people that are, and I love the people that are because we have awesome conversations about it. Um, and I just don't think I don't see it's like a race, right? It's like, the more people who can become more aware of their own thoughts and their ability to change their minds is being outpaced by the amount of people who are just buying in to whatever mainstream narrative there is and are just buying into headlines or out of context clips from podcasts or whatever. Um, and it's unfortunate, uh, but America is absolutely failing and fuck it. Let's party while it fails, dude. Let's have a good time. You know, let's vibe our way through it. Um, what else did I have? Did I have anything else? That was kind of a sad way to end this week's episode, but you know what? Fuck it. That's what's actually happening. You know what I mean? It's real shit. It's real shit out there. And so you have you have, uh, uh, options, right? You can either scroll through Twitter every day, desperately seeking something that will trigger you and make you mad and then commenting on it. And then having that little sensation in your chest, just waiting for the person to reply so that you can hit them back with another rebuttal. And then one of you ends the thread with hold this L hold this L my man. Oh, ratio, dude. Ratio, bro. You just got ratioed, dude. You ratio, you got ratioed, bro. Ratio, dude. Hold this L, my guy. And that's how some of these Twitter threads end. And it's really sad because that person now feels a fulfillment that they could have gotten from, I don't know, working out, writing a poem, doing something different at their job, getting a skill. Hmm? 
So many other things you can do to improve your life other than arguing with Chank Uyghur on Twitter. Or Uyghur, Uyghur, Chank. I want to pronounce his name right because I feel like it's rude to not uh, name pronounce. Chank. Well, it doesn't even say it on here. It doesn't even say it. I hate when people mispronounce names and do that as a joke. I feel like that's so fucking rude. One of those politicians did it to Kamala. And it was so rude, dude. And that shit it truly is based in racism. Play. Chank Uyghur. Chank Uyghur. Chank Uyghur. I'll play it again. Chank Uyghur. Yeah, that dude. You follow that dude? That crazy progressive dude? I say crazy not because he's crazy. He's actually very smart. But he's crazy progressive. Um, And he needs to chill the fuck out too, dude. You know what I mean? When you dedicate your life to political commentary, you become uh, something really gross and detached from humanity. That's my that's my opinion. A lot of a lot of folks detached from what it means to be a human being on planet Earth because they're so caught up in all the bullshit of social media and politics. Um, and then also sometimes I wonder, dude, if I'm just so if I'm just like extra wrapped up in it uh, because I have to have my ear to the ground. Um, cause I'm constantly commenting on stuff in my videos and stand up, or if everybody's this wrapped up in it, you know what I mean? Either way, it kind of helps me navigate stuff. Um, cause I can figure out what to talk about and how I want to talk about it. But at the end of the day, uh, America is failing and I'm very happy to be, uh, crashing and burning along with all you guys. Couldn't pick a different time to be alive. Wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to be alive any other time other than right now. I love y'all very much. Go check out our sponsors, masszymes.com slash Brent, athleticgreens.com slash Brent Pella for what I promise will be your new favorite morning routine. One scoop, glass of water, mix it up, chug it. You will feel phenomenal. 75 different vitamins and minerals uh, and adaptogens and um, awesome nutrients that your body will easily absorb and utilize and help you optimize your health. I got shows coming up, brentpella.com slash shows. I got a new video out today about the whole Joe Rogan thing. Uh, It's much more about me, though. It's very meta. Uh, It's one of my favorite, stupidest things I've ever done. I hope you guys like it, and I hope you have a wonderful week, all right? Go out there and be nice to each other, and don't hate people for what kind of coffee company they like to buy their coffee from, and don't hate people for um, what they said on a podcast five years ago, especially when they apologize from the heart. And don't censor people and mandates are bullshit. And uh, I love you all so much. And I'll see you out there. Peace.